This week, we're taking a look at weird things the human body does. Uh, knowing us, it'll be a very highbrow affair, keeping everything well above the belt. going on a bit of an exercise regime lately. You were commenting before the show that I'm looking trim, tall and terrific. Triple T, yep. Do you ever do that thing where you, you know, you'll exercise one day and you'll eat well for four hours and you'll jump on the scale and be absolutely gutted you haven't lost 15 kilos? Yeah, yeah. That's That's basically my regime. Yeah, terrible. (laughs) But I've been doing a lot of running and I've been getting more stitches than I reckon you have had hot dinners. I've been getting them... Everywhere, like I thought, you were only meant to get them in the the abdomen. Where are you getting them? I'm getting everywhere. I'm getting them central chest stitch, <laughs> radiating down your left arm. Is that what's happening? <laughs> when I started back on the running after not running for ages, I was getting them in my eyeball, in my elbow, under my double chin, in the perineum. I didn't even know what the perineum is. Like I was, I was getting <laughs> the them. perineum. I didn't even know what that is. I was getting yeah. pain, stitched like pain, bloody everywhere, and it, from that's looking, weird. It doesn't make any sense based on the research we've done. Yeah. I think it was more just general pain. Yeah, right. But, yeah, ugly. Very ugly. Mm. So, because this episode is us just talking about weird things that bodies do, what's happening with stitches? Do you know? Do you know? I do know. And the thing is interesting is I find this quite interesting and you don't find it interesting at all. I find it very boring. Very yeah. boring. So I'll be but quick. I'm not suffering from eye stitches. So <laughs> if I was one of these people <laughs> afflicted with that, then maybe I'd be more interested. I reckon the best, the best way to explain it, I think, is sometimes you know how you get a, mostly you get a stitch in the side mm. when the perineum decides to have a day off. You get the, yeah. you get the stitch in the side. Okay, you, hang on. The perineum, do you know what that is? I got a bad feeling I do know what it is and I don't want to know. Okay, yeah. It's basically the whole genitalia area. So... You don't want to say perineum. I thought it was, and I'm like, hang on, I don't think he knows what perineum means. Hey, I got a stitch there. So basically, the area between the anus and the scrotum or vulva. Can you imagine getting a stitch there? How painful that was. That, that would is. be painful. <laughs> it was not. So pleasant. I thought you were talking about a different eye. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the best way to think about a stitch is essentially inside your abdominal cavity. If you imagine you've got like a water bottle there. And each side of the water bottle is a membrane and in the middle is some fluid. When you go for a run and your stomach is too full, you essentially have, you have your internal organs pushing on the hot water bottle and displacing the water. So when the membranes touch, because they've got a lot of nerves in it, that's when you get a stitch. Or if, through, if you have too much sugary um, liquid before you run... The water can come out of the hot water bottle and then the membranes push together that way. So a stitch is just two very nervy membranes hitting each other inside your stomach because you've either, your organs are too swollen or you've, you've had too much sugar and that's what causes a stitch. Right. That's a little, that's, that's 20% interesting. Right. Well, I think my ears have a stitch after listening to that. <laughs> that was a workout. <laughs> It doesn't make it any less fun. I was running the other day and I got a stitch and I imagined the hot water bottle and did gave me no comfort whatsoever. Yeah. I actually, I I guess I play squash. So I'll actually get a, get a stitch if I have dinner like within like 
if I eat within six hours of playing, I have to have this massive long fast. Yeah. So I can have a proper game without getting a stitch in the middle of it. Yeah, your, your, your finger is really on the pulse with your choice of recreational activity there. Thank you very much. Squash. <laughs> you finish squash, you have a little can of tab, and then you yeah. uh, you ride your penny farthing home. That's, that's yeah, ridiculous. I go back and watch Mama's Family. What of it? <laughs> what, else, what else? Oh, sorry. One little extra little bit about stitches was that mentions of, a mention of stitches goes back to the first century when Pliny the Elder recommended treating them with, and I quote, the urine of a she-goat injected into the ears. Oh, dear. I read that and thought, that's a lot like my first sexual experience. That's uh, <laughs> with a goat? What the? <laughs> that is the weirdest thing you've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> the urine of a she-goat injected into your ear. The urine of a she-goat injected into the ears just sounds like the most awkward <laughs> sexual misadventure. Yeah, that's right. Okay, what have you got? What weird things have you got? <laughs> okay, uh, something we all do, yawning. You Do you yawn, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> what an intro. This is why I don't do the intro. I'm like a special guest. You're the main man. This anyway. is the... <laughs> <laughs> the, the host banter tonight is sizzling. Do you yeah. yawn? <laughs> Are you a yawner? This I'm a we... long-time yawner myself. And, uh... This is how we got to number one. That's how it Yeah, happens. that's right. <laughs> anyway, so let's go. A yawn is a reflex consisting of the simultaneous inhalation of air and the stretching of the eardrums followed by an exhalation of breath. There you go. Most often occurs in adults immediately before and after sleep, during tedious activities, and as a result of its contagious quality it's also commonly associated with tiredness stress sleepiness having relations with luke from what's that about boredom and hunger <laughs> relations <laughs> yes relations <laughs> i was gonna say relations are hanky panky i went with relations <laughs> and what causes it why do you why do we yawn well multiple theories there was a prevailing theory a few years ago saying that it was due to the, the fact that your oxygen saturations were getting too low, and so yawning gives you a sudden intake of breath, thus increasing O2 and decreasing CO2. And that that's just wrong. It doesn't actually do anything. One breath is not really going to make any difference to that. And is that on the... I, heard, I read a little bit about that, and someone was saying, on that logic, if you're running, you would be yawning the whole time because your body's That's right. Really that's exactly right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's rubbish. So the real thing that's going on is, um, so the human brain takes up 40% of the body's metabolic energy, which means that it's hotter than, than, a lot of, than most other organ systems. So when we yawn, we get a big gulp of air, travels through to our upper nasal and oral cavities, and um, it essentially cools the brain down. That's what's happening. And so they've done studies in, with mice where they've measured their brain temperature and then when they've yawned, there's been a significant decrease in temperature of the brain just from that cool air cooling down that cavity. Interesting. So yawning cools the brain. Yeah. So it's if you're sleep-deprived or you're exhausted, you'll yawn, but it's more so that sleep deprivation and exhaustion are correlated with a hot brain. So the yawning is to cool the brain and it's just correlated with those other things. Yeah, good question. I don't actually remember reading that, though. Like, you're tired, so you have a hot brain. I'm not sure I read that, so... Like, it... I think I, did, I remember reading that, but... Yeah, that... I think I remember reading something saying sleep deprivation 
is known to increase brain temperature. So you right. yawn to cool your brain down. So Which, stress may impact that as well. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine. Mm. So if you, interestingly, the average yawn lasts six seconds, it's twice as long as having relations with Luke from what's that about? So <laughs> <laughs> the relations link back. <laughs> Love it. I just I just sneak it in twice. <laughs> it is pretty reassuring though. If next time you are having relations and the other person's yawning, you're like this is some this is pretty hot. This That's is right. they need <laughs> to cool their brain stuff. down. <laughs> <laughs> same uh, same for anyone it could that... be because they're thinking of something else at the time that's <laughs> just trying to remove themselves from the situation <laughs> same if anyone's listening to this podcast having a yawn it's just it's some hot content they need to just cool the brain down a little bit exactly that's a perfectly exactly. sane thing to do that's good <laughs> um, do you remember this is a little bit tangential um, about hiccups which I don't have an explanation for hiccups I do oh, you do yeah. Just a segue into hiccups then. When mm. I was a kid, do you remember I invented a way to get rid of hiccups, which involved cup in your mouth full of water, you block both ears and then swallow large gulps of the water by tipping your head back with the cup in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. And to this day, it works an absolute treat. Anyone listening at home, next time you get hiccups, try that technique. Works every time. Yep. Basically, it's increasing CO2. Anything that will increase CO2, so holding... Uh, your breath, rebreathing from a paper bag, anything that's going to decrease your breathing a little bit to increase the CO2 levels in your bloodstream changes the acidity and this results in the release of calcium ions in the blood which blocks some of the activity of the nervous system which can serve to relax or block muscle spasms including hiccups. So that's what's actually happening there. So it's got nothing so to do with you the don't water have to or actually, the ears. It's just, no, you can just hold, your, just hold your breath to be honest. But when I hold my breath it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But you're, so you're saying that it's the, the gulping of the water is essentially controlling my breathing to change CO2 levels. But if I it's just, just... It's just the, the fact that you don't breathe means that your CO2 levels will rise. Oh, I don't know. Because if I just hold my breath when I've got the hiccups, I can hold them for 60 seconds. It doesn't work. But if I did my three gulps of the water in five seconds, I'm fixed. Hmm. I don't know. You're saying that you didn't conduct the primary research for the uh, CO2 <laughs> matter? I didn't. But uh, this is just what this is what science says. So okay. Now an interesting uh, little aside to the medicinal remedy for it: persistent digital rectal massage has also been proven effective in terminating hiccups. <laughs> now I reckon once you're entertaining that idea, you've exhausted every other possibility. <laughs> you're scraping. You're literally scraping the bottom of the barrel on that one. Don't you reckon? Like, how desperate, when they were testing that, how desperate must that hiccup man have been? Like, oh, I've tried everything else. All right, digital rectal massage, please. Persistent. I don't want any intermittent. It's got to be persistent. It was his last resort. It, that's the end. It's, I've tried everything else. I've honked my horn, I've done everything. I don't know what else I can that's do. That's right. <laughs> Um, a call back to another episode. That's, that's not bad. That's, that's sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. And my last hiccup fact here is that uh, the longest bout of hiccups was a guy called Charles Osborne. Had the hiccups nonstop for approximately 68 years. Ooh. From 1922 to 1990. Jeez, he and, needed uh, to drop the strides and just go the massage. That's he what should've. he needed. I don't know how we didn't get there. <laughs> yeah. But it reminds me of an episode of one of my favourite shows, King of the Hill where they were, the whole family went to see some 
you know, those evangelist guys who they do healing, like, big on to the spirits and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he was, this guy kind of goes, I got the hiccups, I can't get rid of them. And the guy, instead of just saying, be gone, he was just trying to, you know, trying to frighten him. So he was just being really silent and then, be gone! <laughs> you know, like how people yeah. say the frightening of it would make the hiccups go away. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> be gone! Great show, that was such a good show. So good. Um, goosebumps? Goosebumps, go for it. Uh, goosebumps are a hangover from when we used to be very hairy, when it was cold, um, your muscles contract, and then that would make the, um, the hair follicles kind of stand on end to give you more insulation so you got more heat on your body from the um, contraction. Hmm. And also, when you're threatened, you would get goosebumps through the adrenaline surge to make yourself look bigger when your hair um, stood on end as a, you look like a biggest, bigger beast. Are the two main right. reasons. Do you know where the origin of the name Goosebumps comes from? I would imagine it's when you pluck the feathers off a goose, it looks like what the human skin looks like when it has lumps on it. Like it's that kind of fleshy, dimpled look which geese seem to have naturally when they're unfeathered. But if that was off the cuff, very impressive. That was completely off the cuff. Good. All right. Yeah, that sounds pretty plausible. I'll can, pass you, that. can you do a quick Google search? Are you in a position to do a Google search? Oh, I am. Yep. Hang on. This is the stakes are high here. While while you're doing some searching, can I just let the viewer know related to hair? For some reason, when we were kids, Don had a ridiculous amount of hair on his forearms. Well, that was I broke my arm, and when the, when the cast came off, it was just a forest. <laughs> it was really weird. <laughs> I remember you being like in year three and on a weekly basis having to trim your arm hairs with a pair of scissors. Really? I don't remember that. Crystal clear memory. I'm in the corner gulping water back, Just, blocking my ears, and you're in the other corner yeah. cutting your hair for arm hairs. Is that right? Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's weird. Yeah. Weird. But just one arm? Uh, I vaguely I think, remember that. I think it was both. I vaguely remember, for some reason, once that cast came off, I was so embarrassed about it as well. Yeah, I remember that. For some reason, that I just had a jumper on all the time. <laughs> this is like, it must have been year, I was five or something, I think. Five or six. I just had a jumper on. Yeah, you had There's the, that cold boy. You had the forearms <laughs> of a 45-year-old wrestler. Like, it was amazing. Yeah. They're pretty normal now. Yeah, they're weird. They've gone normal yeah. now, but that was strange. What's, uh, what's Google saying? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, That's exactly what it is. That's good. That's good. Not bad. What else have you got, human body-wise? Ice cream headache? Oh, yeah. Okay, so researchers at Harvard, the University of Ireland, and the US Department of Veterans Affairs teamed up to figure out why you get ice cream headaches. Good. Veterans Affairs? Tackling the big issues. They bloody love ice cream, those guys. <laughs> the veterans, they love it. Anyway, um, and they came to realize that they could trigger ice cream headaches or just those headaches just by placing an ice cube in a subject's mouth and pushing it to the top of their palate, which apparently it messes up with the brain's thermostat. So the brain wants to keep at a constant temperature and when you've got all this ice cream in your mouth, your brain freaks out. And basically thinks that you're, you know, in this really cold environment. So it opens up the arteries to pump more blood into your brain, basically to warm it up. And that's an ice cream headache. So all you have to do is you can just push your tongue up to the top of your palate. will regulate it. Or you can just put something warm in your mouth. And that usually will sort it out quick and smart. Oh, good tip. Mm. Um, guys, I often get the ice cream headache because I get too excited about eating the ice cream. So just tongue to the top of the mouth, cool it down. Sorry, heat it up. If you heat, heat it, it up, up you got to warm it up. Warm yeah, it up. Just, uh, 
If you warm it up too much, you want to, you want to cool your brain down. <laughs> that makes sense, doesn't it? You don't have a quick yawn. That's it's already cool. Hang on. You put the ice cream in. Yeah. And it's cold. Too, your blood vessels constrict and it makes your brain cold. No, they dilate. So oh, that you get more blood into the area oh. to warm it up. Yeah. So then you warm it up, you have a hot brain. Well, when you warm it up, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you warm you, it up, you which cool resolves the headache. And usually that's, that's it then. It doesn't overheat. Just resumes regular programming. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to get the veterans in to settle this one. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, how much ice cream do those guys have that they've made a task force to find out what's going I on? I love a task force. Uh, I got another one. You ever, this is a little bit lowbrow, but do you ever get the, I, I call it the spew burp, where you do a burp, it tastes a little bit like the, the remnants of a spew. Yeah. Apparently, Sometimes. this has a technical term in the medical literature called verping, which is... Vomiting plus burping is verping. Sounds like something the young kids do to get high. Verping. verping. Yeah. What's that? Vaping they do. <laughs> Around the train stations, verping. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Verping's rampant in Canberra. <laughs> but my favourite bit about verping is that there was an article which quoted a Dr. Schutkan. And the, and it had it's funny a, already. It had a quote saying, Dr. Schutkan likened a verp to the upper gastrointestinal tract's answer to the lower end's wet fart, a.k.a. shart. One is, <laughs> one is a burp with food, the other a toot with stool. <laughs> a toot with stool. <laughs> this guy's a doctor. That was Dr. Shutgarden's. Uh, one a burp with food, the other a toot with stool. That is, that is champagne comedy. I love that he called it a toot. Anyway, that's, <laughs> it's very polite. It's nice. Um... But the what is what is going on is essentially it is a burp where the um, a bit of food comes up, a bit of gastro intestinal juices comes up with a burp, just as you would expect. It's a pretty no brainer how it comes through the esophageal sphincter is the technical passage. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, in case you're eating at home, that's something to help the food go down. So is that some of the weird weird stuff the human body does? Yeah. It's a weird thing, the old body. <laughs> the old bod bod. Yeah. Alrighty, so that is all from us. Thank you for listening. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>